Good morning. Welcome to Brighton Baptist Church Online. So this is not how we usually meet, but we are gathered this morning. Um, I'm just going to pray, and um, Brian's going to come and give us a message. Father God, I thank you that you are here with us in whatever medium we meet. That we are in separate places, but in spirit we are united. Father, I pray your peace and your strength and your love and your power over each one of us. And Father, I pray over Brian right now as he comes to give your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you, even though it feels like we are miles apart. We, as Richard prayed, are together in God's grace. So I greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you, my brothers and sisters, we are here because of the living faith we share in our risen Lord. So thank you if you've joined us uh, this morning, whether it's your first time um, like this or you've been familiar with this, we are glad that you're able to sit with us. You know, you've got a privileged opportunity this morning to put me on pause if you get fed up or bored. So don't feel embarrassed because I won't know. So you can go and put the kettle on, um, you can come back, you can go and do a bit of ironing if you want to, or you can just sit through the whole lot. I'll leave it up to you and I will be none the wiser. But this morning, um, as I was preparing for today, um, early on in the week, I believe the Lord gave me a passage for us to, um, to focus on this morning. And it's taken from Psalm 46. So I'll give you a few moments to find that in your Bible, if you so wish to do so. In my um, NRSVA version, it's headed God's defense of his city and people. And it's actually a song, which is interesting. This Psalm is a song and it's something about songs that lifts our spirits up and boy do we need that today so i hope you enjoyed the worship that has been recorded for you um, and um, you managed to engage in that time of gathered worship but this psalm is like a song and it's to lift the spirits and the souls of the people of israel and i hope and pray it lifts your spirit and soul this morning it says this in verse one god is our refuge and strength a very present or well-proved help in trouble. Verse two says, therefore we will not fear though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God, the holy habitation of the most high god is the in the midst of the city or in the midst of it it shall not be moved god will help it when the morning dawns the nations are in an uproar the kingdoms totter he utters his voice the earth melts the lord of hosts is with us the god of jacob is our refuge or our fortress Come, behold the works of the Lord. See that the desolation he has brought on to the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Verse 10, be still and know that I am 
God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is surely with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So how did I come to bring in Psalm 46? I suppose praying through this week and the world's current um, dilemma of the coronavirus and how it's impacting the world, I just felt the Lord place on my heart Psalm 46. I wasn't actually due to be preaching this week, um, but we all agreed that actually we needed to take a different direction. So I hope and pray this helps you. What I got from this passage were three things hope help and heaven and first one of those is hope one of the most frequently asked questions in times such as this is where is god in all of this isn't it interesting that this question is very rare when people's lives are comfortable full of abundance going well prosperity financially um, socially, economically, where there is no little death or danger or sadness or empty shelves or fear of everything falling apart. That I said wrong. <laughs> that question is not asked when everything's going well, but when things start to go wrong, death, sadness, empty shells or fear of things falling apart then we say my god my god where are you why have you forsaken me remember those words on the cross where jesus says my god my god why have you forsaken me as if god abandons us in times such as this in my experience during my ministry as a christian minister through conducting some 300 funerals the issue of god seems to be more prevalent than any other time in these people's lives it, compared to weddings or birthdays or, or wonderful celebrations or career promotions or, or uh, inheritances or any other kinds of blessings. It seems that need of God can be higher during times of bereavement than times of blessings. The question of where is God is like a demand on God as if he should do something about this current problem because we or others can't seem to do anything to stop or prevent or slow down this loss, this disaster, this, this austerity, this fear or this illness or these deaths. If you are not hearing God in times such as these, it is not because he is distant or uncaring, for in him there is no death. His heart breaks for those that live life without him, as he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows these times are going to come for us. So much so was his concern for us, he revealed to us that times as these will come. And all he asks us is to be ready. Not ready in stockpiling or panic buying, but be ready in him. For in him is hope, help and heaven. See, what he asks for is faith over fear. 
But in times like these, we have fear. God was here before this situation as he was before any disastrous situation. Sadly, this question of where is God is often asked in times of distress, desperation, based on fear over faith. Fear proves how little our faith is or where our faith really lies. Faith is knowing where God is in the midst of all of this. The Bible reminds us that perfect love casts out all fear. The Bible also reminds us that God is love. The Bible reminds us that God showed or proved his love for us that even when we were far off or as sinners, Jesus died for us all. Knowing this and receiving this removes fear from us and reinstates faith within us. Faith in Christ shows us where God is in all this. Christ is the hope of the world. The hope this world desperately needs for a time such as this, as then, as now. If we do not know where God is in our plenty, in our comfort and in our joy, we will certainly fail to see him in our need and our darkest hour. Isaiah 43 reminds us, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine, says the Lord. Your name is printed in God's plan. You are invited to, into his plan. The question is, do I accept this? See, God is love and love conquers everything that distorts us from the truth God is offering all of us. This world has many faults and brings us many calamities, but our God is saying, fear not, I have your concerns in hand. I know your concerns, I know your needs, and you need not worry, says the Lord, for I have a plan that involves you, includes you. Your name is on my list. Come to me in faith and I will wipe away your fear and reveal to you these plans to bring the world into order. Come with me and follow the path of faith in the one who shows the way, the truth and the life. Hebrews 11.1 1 reminds us now faith is the assurance or the confidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Where does your faith lie? Does your faith lie? All the knowledge in the world will not prevent all the current or new viruses, diseases or disasters, and yet of those to come. Our knowledge of overcoming and preventing some, pro some may prolong many inevitables, but this does not reduce the relevance and value of knowledge. It simply means it has its limitations. Unlike some matters such as cancer, common colds, coronavirus, etc., they do not distinguish between any person type and have no boundaries. What has the greatest infection, which is a healing infection, if you like, a holy infection, 
is the perfect, pure love of God. It is very prophetic and it is beyond people's control. You can never stop the love of Jesus Christ. It is the hope of the world. I remember growing up and worrying whether I would ever find a girl that would love me and marry me for who I am. Knowing all my own faults, knowing what sort of habits I got, and some of them are quite disgusting and I can't reveal them now because it would shock you and you, you would probably switch off at this point. So I'll, I'll save you from that, uh, that trauma. But um, I never thought I would be loved. There was many things about me that I thought, how can anybody love me? But then God blessed me even before I was following him. He blessed me with June and then children. And then, then I came to him sometime later. Now I realize the blessings he bestowed upon me even though I was far off. God knows our needs before we need them and meets our needs even if we're not following him. So faith over fear increases our ability to trust in God and to have hope that is real and certain. This hope comes from God and it searches us, it searches you, it searches me, it reaches out to you, it reaches out to me, it touches you and it touches me and it transforms us into the likeness of Jesus Christ who will never depart from us and who we will live with through eternity. It starts right here, right now, right where we are. Hope is before you, hope is found in the living Lord uh, who rose Jesus from the ashes. He will rise us above the disasters, the distresses and the deaths of this world. So therefore, as verse two says, we will not fear in Psalm 46. So how does God help us today? And how can I help in the message of hope at a time such as this. Okay, so point one was help, hope. Point two is help. Okay, it says verse one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present or well-proved help in trouble. Last week we were challenged with the encouragement to build on the kingdom of God through acts of random kindness. How critical is that charge for us today? Yesterday our church met to explore simple, practical and safe ways of blessing our community. Those among us and those around us. Every day many of us have been praying and taking action to love, support and help people where they are, where possible and where appropriate. This nation is taking action partly based on people's panic fever and stockpiling. Praise God for the supermarkets taking the appropriate action to slow this panic fever down because that panic fever will probably land up causing more deaths than the actual virus if we're not careful. God reminds us in this passage that he has helped us and proven so. And so we must prove our faith in him by acting in the way he acts. Through Jesus, God stepped into the world when we most needed it. And he steps into the world today with us through the power of his Holy Spirit. Why does he do this? <coughs> because of his consideration over us. 
He cares for us more than we can ever imagine. The scripture reminds us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. When we look at each other in the way God looks at us, we have absolute unconditional compassion for one another. We want to make that phone call when the name of the person comes in or the face of the person comes into our head. We want to make a phone call and say, hiya, you were put in my head this morning and I want to see how you're doing. I want to hear how you're doing. You may not be able to meet people physically, but you can help by picking up the phone. You can FaceTime, you can write a letter, do an email, do a text. Remain connected because you look at each other with the eyes of God and God is using you to reach out to these people, to touch these people, to help them stay connected. In that passage on um, chapter five of two Corinthians, it says, so if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. He's choosing to use us to help others and he will help us help others. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we look with new points of view. We look with a different set of lenses on how to help one another. We help because it is a conviction to be the hands and the feet and the voice and the ears and the, and the nose and the body of Christ in our community. We see each other and the world from a heavenly perspective, not a worldly perspective. The heavenly perspective puts the worldly perspectives into balance and context. So as God came in the person of Jesus and has left us with the Holy Spirit, so we must enter into where God is calling us in a time such as this. Verse 5 of Psalm 46 says, God is in the midst of the city or in the midst of it, wherever it is. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. We may not be able to help in the way we did a week ago, but we can help each other in a new way. We just need to think a little bit more creatively or traditionally write a letter. That is quite revelation, a revelation, isn't it? For particularly our younger generation. Maybe they need some handwriting skills. Parents get to work as your teachers as well now. Our God is greater than any virus, people. Viruses do not have any distinction to whom it affects. Just like God's love, it does not have any distinction to whom it can touch and transform. And God is pouring his love through you for a time such as this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Therefore encourage one another and build 
up each other as indeed you are doing. Don't stop doing it because you've had to self-isolate. We have the means, we have the technology, we have the capability to be the world's greatest connectors. Make a phone call to whoever you feel would like a phone call, FaceTime them, send a letter. If it is safe or appropriate to meet, then meet. Remember to always calculate your actions under the current climate. Set up digital group chats. Show encouraging posts with everyone in your virtual friends platforms. Offer practical help such as shopping, gardening, DIY, etc. where it is safe and appropriate. Whether you are self-isolating, taking extra precautions or feeling able and safe to physically help others, you can do something for someone, especially for those that can't and feel unable to do anything. Mother Teresa once said that the modern day leprosy is loneliness. No one should ever be alone if they don't want to be, regardless of this present climate or not. As God is in the midst of everything, so we should seek to be in the midst of everything, showing love, kindness, help and joy. It says in this psalm, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help or well-proved help in trouble. So we have the hope that restores our faith, which covers all of our fears. It is revealed to us through the blessings of sharing life together. There's always help that we can receive through each other. Don't hold back. If you're thinking about it, it's time to do it. So now we turn to the final point that came to me when I read this psalm. We've had hope, we've had help, and now we have heaven. Repeatedly in the accounts of God's people, as in all other nations, there were natural disasters, diseases, dangers, disappointments, and deaths. What did the people of Israel do in such times? They turned towards the heavens and concentrated on the promises they have in God, who doesn't just bring hope and help, but brings heaven to us. It says in Psalm 8, O Lord our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes, to silence the enemies and the avenger, which is the coronavirus. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honour. Whoa, wait for a moment. Just pause for a moment as we think about those verses and turn to that verse in Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Heaven is our eternal home, home par excellence. God's promises includes this very reality that heaven is upon us. 
and that all what we're experiencing now will be no more. Our faith has provided us with insight that this is a true unfolding reality. As followers of Jesus Christ, we see that this is only in part, but we know that the day will come when it will all be dealt with. Whatever you enjoy the most now will be greater in the kingdom of heaven. Why did Jesus speak so much about the kingdom of heaven? Because it is the place where we would want to be when the time comes, not when we determine when he determines. During these times of world uncertainty, we have a certainty in the promises of God. This may be difficult, but unless we turn toward heaven, this may be difficult to grasp, but unless we turn to heaven, turn our eyes and fix our eyes on the promise of eternity, we will never see heaven in our daily living. As we pray and take action, let our hearts be firmly fixed on the author of life and the reconciler of heaven and of earth. For hope is before us, help is all around us, and heaven is in our sight. God is moving among us. We are called to step up, step out, and step in to wherever God is already. Much of our society, as we know it, may be on pause or self-isolation. God is never on pause and will never self-isolate. Through his authority, we have the means to do something, especially with this modern technology. So let us remember a couple of scriptures as we draw to a close for our time together. Deuteronomy 26 says, The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. As the Lord brought Israel through many times, as the Lord brought nations through wars, as the Lord brings us through our troubles, so he will bring us through it all. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 15. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Where, O oh, death, is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labour is not in vain. So let us hold tight to the promises of God, his hope, his help, and heaven. Amen. Well, thank you very much. Um, I hope you'll just stick around for a few minutes. There's chat here and you can ask for prayer. Our prayer team are here ready and waiting for to chat with you. Um, I read something this week that in the midst of devastation, we have an opportunity for innovation. Um, and I just pray that God will be with you um, and that you will know that we are here for you and that we are praying for you 
and that we are meeting regularly to, to work out how we can meet the needs of our church family. God bless.